0: May 16th, 1999, Moby released play featuring his unique blend of dance music you can nap to. Weird Al stood up in his palatial estate and hurled a brandy glass into the fireplace in frustration, unable to crack, live in La Vida Polka. The Mummy topped the box office while featuring 100% less bad CGI Dwayne Johnson than the sequel. Meanwhile in Manchester, England, nothing new happened at No Mercy. They're in no mood to show No Mercy. This is Hell in a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the attitude era of WWE 20 years later. I, as always, am your host, Aaron Benoit, and joined, as always, by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Hello, hello. And experiencing this all for the first time, we have Eric Silver.
1: Happy to be back on the podcast with episodes as long as No Mercy UK. And before we get to No Mercy
0: UK, a few more pop cultural notes. Also in wide release that week, the Jet Li uh, action movie, Black Mask. And the Italian countryside version of a Midsummer Night's Dream. The you know, I think
2: I saw that one actually. Uh I saw neither of these. I I've seen neither, nor can I um, imagine any detail about either of them.
1: <laughs> Great I feel like Kevin I feel like Kevin Klein was in a Midsummer Night's Kevin Dream. Kevin
0: Klein played bottom and actually yeah. uh
1: <laughs> Yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, I thought this was uh this wasn't uh In and Out. I, saying, I thought In N
0: Out came out a couple years ago. I thought we covered that. <laughs> um and Stanley Tucci plays Puck. But like oh, yes. an older Puck. I don't know. Love Tucci.
1: After he left the real world San Francisco. <laughs>
0: uh the Backstreet Boys Millennium album was released the following week. Um would go on to sell like thirteen million albums back when people sold like 13 million of things. And let me tell you how hard it is in 2020 to write a new Backstreet Boys,
1: Live in La Vida Loca or uh or the mummy joke. Were you trying to do all 3 at once? Cuz that would be even better.
0: Uh this isn't a herald.
1: <laughs> right, third
2: beat.
0: And I also did like... um I was say oh, I appreciated
2: the mo I appreciated the Moby reference. Uh, I definitely uh bought that album and listened to that one song Gwen Stefani exclusively uh, over and over. <laughs> uh, the and West side. Couldn't tell you one other Moby song on that album. It had oh, that see, it had that one that went. Uh, uh, t-
1: uh, 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 uh. You know that one? That was from Close Encounters. That's was, how they communicate with the alien. It
0: was the uh it was the Enigma song, but with a, a, a beat to it.
1: Uh yeah, I well no, it's like yeah, it was like hmm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that,
0: yeah the exact it. the exact thing I just did. Yeah.
1: But I did. I did a longer hum, and I think that's what it was. But you were a little impatient <laughs> when you were rend- rendering it. it okay, was I just have um, no idea
2: what either of you were talking about. It just misses the hey. Uh, uh, Yeah. Oh right. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's vaguely familiar. <laughs> I do feel like it. I, I, it was either like Moby or Fatboy Slim, and I feel like Fatboy Slim had better music videos. Am I wrong? Uh, you're not wrong about that. No. And like, and also, I mean, like, I don't
1: know if Moby made an album to like dance to i think he made an album to like do your homework to because (laughs) when i think of play like i i I mean i was in college and i listened to that album a lot but that was also because they were playing it at the coffee shop i would go to to do my homework so like they would just always have play on and and like i was kind of like you know what i'm cool with this i was fine with it and like i you know it helped me like kind of zone out i didn't ever have to pay any attention to any of the lyrics because none of it it was all samples anyway and uh and then the other time that i've heard that album like or a lot of that album was i think in like the the movie the beach which like with the exception of like a few weird turns is actually a pretty good movie
2: oh yeah agreed Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i mean uh books definitely better alex garland king we all know
1: that um, yeah, I mean, clearly, that guy is insanely talented.
0: But yeah, but Moby's play was basically, he was like, he, he lo- saw the, the Pure Moods commercial on at like 1.30 in the morning
2: after he was watching Saturday Night Live and thought, I could do this as a whole album. Okay, first of yeah, all, yes. it's Madonna, Frozen, and like that whole Ray of Light album that kicked open the door for Moby, okay? <laughs> Ray of Light? Oh. No. Mm-hmm. Was Ray of Light yeah. before? After, before this? Yeah, but I want to say it was 98. Because music yeah. was 2000. So I want to say Ray of Light was 98. I, yeah, why am I, why am I doubting you? Why? Yeah. And that's what, like, ushered in this new, like, uh like, bringing like, deep house or whatever into pop music more. And I think that's what brought, like, everyone was like, hey, look, look at this little weird scrawny bald guy who's a DJ and also, like, a total creep. And then they, and then, then came Moby.
0: And, uh, we didn't. Re- that we didn't really. That stuff. <laughs> we didn't really know he right? was a
2: creep back then. True.
1: No, we didn't know them. Or, but we know well, now. Well, we just probably knew. Well,
0: everyone was a creep in 1999.
1: Right, Radiohead, especially notably,
0: <laughs> famously, and also
1: the and uh, and I would also say the Stone Temple Pilots.
0: <laughs> but also uh, TLC, equal opportunity, yes.
2: and Jerry Lawler. That's
1: three songs, by the way, called "Creep." <laughs> Three songs called "Creep" that all have the same title, Mister. What was it? Heartbreak Hotel.
0: Yes. Okay. (laughs) This is yes. You are correct about that. Okay, listeners, we're going back to an argument that I posited of many episodes ago, where it's weird that Whitney Houston wrote a song called "Heartbreak Hotel" after. Elvis's Heartbreak Hotel. Except Elvis's Heartbreak Hotel came out in what, like 1954?
2: I'm not and an Elvis
0: Woody... historian. I can't help it. Yeah, yeah. A Whitney Houston song came out in sometime in the 90s during one of these episodes.
1: It was in need of an update.
0: Whereas Creep, I think all three versions of Creep came out within like four years of each other. Which I would say is stranger. So think... I wouldn't, but. They're all
2: so different. Well, could it be that, know. Uh, you know, Elvis wasn't using the Heartbreak Hotel copyright long enough and when he <laughs> scooped in uh, while it lapsed? <laughs> kind of like right. Bash at it, the Beach. It...
1: Actually, <laughs> well, uh, Elvis Presley used to do the Happy Birthday song, but then he just he couldn't hold on to that copyright.
2: Yeah. And now Fox owns it. They're actually going to roll it into the
1: Avengers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And last note, uh, the week before this pay-per-view
0: aired, Shel Silverstein died. Wow. Oh. Uh,
1: he used to write in, like, Playboy a lot, too.
0: Yeah, he was probably a creep also. Everyone was a creep back then. But as Eric already said, we are talking about the No Mercy UK pay-per-view. Not to be confused with the No Mercy US pay-per-view that they would put out the same year.
1: Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah, especially not to be confused if you're Wikipediaing it in advance of watching it to do some research (laughs) and you devote a lot of time to be very confused. (laughs) I was like, "Wait, I thought we were watching these raws. When did all of this happen?" (laughs) All right.
0: Um. So we are in Manchester, England. I don't. What kind of
2: a town is Manchester? I flew into it recently. not recently that's right. i I flew into manchester when i went to wales about a year ago
1: oh how was the airport
2: um it was very nice i sat there for a while it took me a long time to figure out how to like uh get the proper currency and also like order coffee without seeming like a total fucking idiot so uh yeah pretty good i guess i I sat at that i was like in the airport for like eight hours i feel like we get picked up you were trying (laughs) they speak english there bobby I know, but, like, there's all kinds of, like, customary things about, like, where you're paying, what you order, what you call, everything, and I'm, I'm given all of this UK currency, but I don't- I can't identify any of it, you know what I mean? So, I'm basically, like, holding a handful of coins to the coffee person being, like, I don't Try know. Try to speak in, like, cockney rhyming slang. <laughs> <laughs> hey, governor, my I was like, you mum. me, was you can please- <laughs> count my change for me they were like it's this much and i was like and which of these coins equals that amount uh what is a tuppence i'll take some bits of toffee here's a handful i'll have a meat pie for a hay penny
1: i thought you were gonna say that you were like really thrown off by having to say like flat white or whatever no i
2: also didn't understand that i also had to figure out how to like order what i wanted because you don't really get iced coffee i feel like so it's like a whole fucking thing
1: by the way, flat white is always at least like 10 of the contestants on American Idol,
2: right? <laughs> Take
0: that. But I don't like so I've been to London. I think that's the only city in England I've been to is is Manchester like comparable to London. It's no it's smaller. OK, it's...
1: I think it's like a working town if I were to guess. I mean, I think a lot of England is like blue collar like there's London, and then I think a lot of the other areas are, like, blue-collar,
2: basically, It's if I were to guess. It's smaller. There's a really big gay population. I actually want to say that Manchester has a bigger pride celebration even than London. The biggest is in Manchester. I did actually a big uh, travel writing piece about Manchester, a place I've never been. Uh, but they <laughs> – so I do know that. Like it's, But it's, like, a real city. But I would it's smaller than London, but definitely, like, uh, I want to say it would remind me of, like, a Pacific Northwest kind of city in that sort of regard. You know what I mean? Okay. Like smaller, yeah, and it yeah, has definitely an art scene and uh, a little bit more pastoral things like that. Mm-hmm. So that that would be my Manchester. Also, um, they love they love uh, their sports.
1: <laughs> they do love their sports, yeah. don't they, folks? Unlike they love their
0: unlike sports. all other cities on this planet, Manchester
2: really loves their sports and feels a deep connection to them. I did appreciate how much the the graphic for this show was attempting to cram so much information for us about like it was a map of Manchester that was cut into a bullseye and then had no mercy scrawled over it. I was like, "Jesus fucking Christ." It featuring, was like, that, like scribbled all over at it.
0: least two people who aren't on the card at all. One of them very prominently, women's champion Deborah. Yeah, what a weird. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Um Starting with the intro to this, uh, the only thing I found interesting about the intro was how they're positing um, Triple H as co-leader of the corporate ministry with The Undertaker. Where it just kind of up until this point seemed like it's Shane McMahon's
2: show and everyone's just looking to him. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we're definitely seeing Triple H step into his like first real main event run. Um, and finally, like, getting a hold of this character in a way that that makes him feel, like, not uh, a mid-carder. And it was, like, I feel like we got to watch, if you listen to our last deep dive, uh, which, if you made it through, God bless you, but they... (laughs) (laughs) But we've, like, chronicled a lot of, like, very rapid Triple H changes in, like, look and music. You could tell he was, like, slow... It was, like, little by little, the pieces were clicking into place. And, like, we're just Mm -hmm. finally getting to the part where... uh, he can stand toe to toe. And especially for like the, the framework for what they're selling for the main event, they, they sort of have to position him as like an equal pole. And then we go to the crowd where we find out that stone
1: cold is sex on legs. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever that means. That's a weird thing to say. Also, like, I don't know. The last thing I think about with stone cold is like sex. I I don't know what I think about maybe like disagree and pull my finger jokes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's fair enough.
2: Okay. Well,
1: yeah, I didn't really have any notes from this intro. I was like, I think immediately I was like, oh, no, what are we doing?
2: Well, especially as we just watched, we've watched so many of these Raws. And a lot of times I feel like when we watch the intros that there is like some like interesting, like we are getting new information a lot of times with these, especially for like the mid card battles. But since it's been all ministry all the time and we've watched every ministry segment, uh, this intro, yeah, just didn't really register much with me. What did register
0: for me is is um hearing the spooky corporate ministry theme um now for a little while. I never realized that it started with somebody whispering chances, yeah,
1: <laughs> chance, chance also chance
2: i I didn't catch this till the end when they were leaving after this opening segment, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, but. But they're talking about the music, and I feel like if you listen to it long enough, towards the end, there's like this weird little like fief, like little like flute, little piece that sounds like it's like being played with the ocarina of time, and it's it was so funny to me. Who do you think is the flautist?
0: Paul Bear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Jeth- the guy from Jethro Tull.
2: Or Midian.
0: <laughs> uh, give Midian something to do. Jesus, this is. This is the bridge too far with Midian for me. This, this pay-per-view, like, like, I was trying to, to like, be all in good fun with his character. But here, this was the point where, where I'm like, no, no, sir, you're bad. I hate you. Go away.
2: This entire um, segment, the opening promo with the entire corporate ministry coming out, felt like everybody was huffing on Undertaker's ether-soaked elbow pad. <laughs> it was... I mean, first of all, this this doesn't really happen with,
1: with pay per views. So the first thing I thought was like, Oh, this is kind of just like UK Raw. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It felt like a it felt like an episode of Raw that they just brought to the UK. Yeah, it's a house
0: show. Yeah. But basically. It's and I kinda wanna save this to the end, but it's more than a house show where I think that, that some amount of credit needs to be given. Not a lot of credit. Because, again, this is, this is a retread of a lot of what's happening on the Raws. But I do like that even for a house show, there is a through line to a story with um, at least a, a resolution for this night.
2: Yeah, I agree. There is like a very, a very, very, very like diet light version of what we got with like Survivor Series Deadly Game, where it does seem like you said there's like a mission statement for the night. There's sort of like an overall tally you could keep, uh, which kind of keeps you invested even when there's things that are not very exciting. What would you say is the mission statement for the night, Bobby?
1: Do you know? No. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> Because Wait. because they say they <laughs> say no
0: mer- they say no mercy oh. so many times at, Did it, the, at, at one the top point,
2: here. Doesn't Shane say unmercist at one point? I wrote that down. Uh, unmercist. He says the most unmerciless force. But I think at first he uh, stutters and says the most unmercist, and then goes back. And I was like, uh "Oh, is Shane drunk?" Because when he announces the I, what, the notes I have for the segment, or when he goes to say "no holds barred." The words that come out of his mouth are nowhere close to No Holds Barred. (laughs) I listened to it, maybe... I missed everything else in this promo because I zeroed in on just this part and listened to it over and over again, and I've heard No Bulls Mauled" and I heard No Pauls Barge. (laughs) It is... And no hard oh, but there's paul bearer it looks like the look on his face you can tell like all of a sudden he's like am i having a stroke live on television like you, he hears it himself and china and triple h look at each other and i i, I went back and watched it a hundred <laughs> times and i laughed so hard cause he's like no yeah. it's very <laughs> well, funny to me and also not to mention the fact
0: that you don't need to announce that a match is no holds barred during the Attitude Era because nobody gives a shit about what happens in any of these matches.
2: I know. That's, like, all I kept thinking. I was like, wait a minute. And then, like, even, like, on the fly, they're like, the, the only way to this match is going to end is someone getting pinned in the ring. And then JR's like, it's, it's Falls Count Anywhere. And you're like, wait, what is it? And, like, <laughs> craziness. crazy it. The whole, it's nothing like people are punching the competitors smack in the face in front of the referee and he's like uh oh. like it's <laughs> nothing nobody cared about anything
1: this was, this should I, be I called was, the
2: no, not no mercy it should be like it's like the chillest pay-per-view i was i was kind of annoyed
1: when uh shane referred to midian as all-seeing <laughs> the all-seeing midian i'm like how when did when was this established this guy literally sees nothing. But the only and he in fact he doesn't see race
2: if you ask him. <laughs> he definitely doesn't see how that nose ring is going to look in retrospect. <laughs> like just cuz you carry around an
1: eye in a in a glass jar doesn't mean you're all seeing.
2: And like I guarantee that's a fake nose ring, right? I mean like there's no way that's a real nose ring. I don't think that uh Dennis Knight would get a would get his nose pierced. And I'm Well, actually,
1: that. Dennis Knight has been uh, he's he's enrolled in night school and uh, he's been taking like a freshman writing seminar class. So I think that, you know, he just got talked into it. There were some of his classmates were pulling it off.
0: I mean, yes, because if there's anything that we know about Dennis Knight is he could be talked into
2: anything for a gimmick. That's true. And we haven't even seen him hit rock bottom yet, my friends. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! no. It gets worse oh. than Midian. Yeah, you're gonna. We're gonna
0: add a uh, a um. will be layers. A, a modifier before Midian
2: that's going to uh, <laughs> a skin, if you will.
1: Hi, I'm diaper baby. Midian. Oh, Eric! Eric you're not we far told off. you not to. <laughs> we oh, told no. you not to do any research. <laughs> I've pooped
0: myself. Time to wrestle. I am shocked how close you are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah, well, that's about all I got for this part. If we want to go into the first match. Ugh,
1: yeah, I don't. Sure. But I mean, I don't really
2: you... know whether option. Is there? Is there a third oh, option? Okay,
1: <laughs> hold on. There's one part about this match that I really liked. But let's start with Tiger Ali Singh.
0: Okay, so we've got Tyler Al- Al- Tiger Ali Singh versus Gilberg, or as JR, the laziest uh, announcer goes, <laughs> versus Goldberg. You're like,
2: don't you mean Gilberg? He's like, I don't know what I mean. He's like, it's all the same, isn't it? And you're like, that's not how parody works. <laughs> um,
1: I noticed, did Tiger Ali Singh actually spit into the crowd? I saw, like, actual... And of course, and during COVID times, like you get very conscious of um, all of the bodily fluids
2: that that are unnecessarily leaving. But like, oh yeah. there's like I, a wad of spit I'm, into the crowd. I mean, no one in this packed Manchester arena in 1999 is socially distancing, Eric. That's right.
1: <laughs> but no, true. But <laughs> also, know. somebody
2: somebody got like phlegm in
1: their eye.
0: It is really weird to watch, like even fairly recent pieces of pop culture, and like jarring to be like why aren't you wearing your masks natalie i watched the first episode of broad city the other day and it's like you're out in new york
2: like this also it's like sharing straws take a sip of this try this like sharing a fork could you imagine never never again shaking hands ah anyway oh too dark (laughs) pull back pull back uh I did think it was interesting here how they purposely played with race. I noticed that first first they introduced Tiger Ali as the from the continent of Asia, and I was like, well, that's pretty generous. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that was that stuck out. And then when I realized he was making his when he made his promo where he's like, this country is like, you know, yeah. founded run by because like oh, because you're because Tiger Ali Singh is Indian, and they but they wanted to like piggyback on Pakistani racism in the UK. I was like, well, oh. that's like some highly strategically played racism right there, WWF. It it
1: was some weird heel shit because it was just like, like, to get all of Manchester booing immigrants is like cringy.
0: But also at the same time, isn't the only reason they're putting Tiger Ali Singh on is to try to get some pay-per-view buys in India?
2: Yep. I never understand this... Uh, what's weird is like I, but i do know it's work like i just don't understand that. like uh if we put someone out there they're gonna get over with uh like in the the regions they're from and therefore that's the only thing you have to do that it doesn't matter if they're a heel or the face mm-hmm. like they don't care about any of that they don't genuinely want to build them into actual like threats um but i think the the exception i think was great Kali uh is like a huge became like a huge star this wasn't when i was really watching so this is like uh osmosis things i've absorbed later Oh, but but, but uh, Jinder Mahal, just recently as well. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know.
1: If they they were really they they were like writing articles they about Jinder Mahal.
2: I, it wasn't they as were as, really as, trying to sell that. I feel like Kali though is like the big one they hold up, who like was a huge star in India, like that really did like get over as like a hero over there, and that's what they were trying to repeat with Jinder Mahal. But I don't think is it ever really compared. I don't know. I, I, it, we're living that history, so I guess I'll have to go back and learn, it, study it. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's tough. It, it's tough because, and and correct me if I'm
0: wrong. I feel like Jinder Mahal was was pretty much exclusively a heel through his mm-hmm. entire run. Um, but didn't they, or, or wouldn't the announcers, the the Indian announcers, kind of like announce him as like a hero yes. character?
2: Yes. Yes. They tried. They they like played him as a hero to the indian audiences and they'd even like retweak his uh like the way his promos came Mm -hmm. really they'd like the the commentators like put it over sort of differently like if he was like if the singh brothers were rushing to his age it was uh, his aid it wasn't that they were like interfering it's that they were like standing up valiantly for you know their leader or you know what i mean like stuff like that Mm -hmm. it was all in that kind of way they sold it hmm
1: well, I mean, you know, uh, uh, I guess what was what's like the main thesis of what of that the the observation you made, Bobby? Is it that like like you're it's hard to understand when they're like they build up. They, they don't really build a guy up or they kind of build him up, but they're not as a face. Well, yeah. And it's they mean, hope that they'll get that audience.
2: Yeah. It's like if you want to build a star and like get some different representation and like build them, then it doesn't count if you don't actually build them into stars. If you're like looking for this like weird backdoor way to only kind of like give them a little bit of a rub, like under secret and other, like, you know what I mean? Like you would really win if you actually made them like uh, more closer, but they have a Mahal. I can actually push them to be like, just build them to an actual star and give them a real storyline and make people root for them in earnest instead of having to like play this like two faced, like double-sided weird thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but I also think that like one of the annoying things about all of this is that like they've kind of, I mean, to a certain degree, they've seen that when that when they do the like the absolute minimum, they still get rewarded. You know what I oh, mean? Totally. So it's not like So like for them, it's kind of like they get to have their cake and eat it too because they don't need to center a um, you know, a person from a different Nationality, and they they don't need to go away from from their general WWE WWF a- aesthetic. They can kind of throw a bone, and people will like suck the marrow out of that bone. But um, the people that you're aiming for, you know, it's like,
2: okay, well, I guess we we don't have to try that hard, right? Well, yes and no, because I mean, like, I feel like not to spoiling for you, but Tyler Lee Singh does not get famously does not get over, <laughs> uh, and so. It, I think what it means is like the laziness of it that like we have someone from yeah. here we put them up and then that then the clue there must be enough and they kind of get like a short term boost that I just think they could be i'd like to see a a, a more sustainable real push no I mean look I a hundred percent agree i you know i
1: i feel like uh it's you know maybe they just you know maybe they're just not willing to well, they. I think in some ways they think it's a zero sum game, where it's like if they if they put a person, I th- I mean if I were to guess what's going on, I think they're afraid that if they were to take somebody who doesn't look like what everyone else has looked like and puts them, like you know, puts them over over, they feel like they they're risking you know the bigger numbers of their audience. Which, um which is it's just it was weird and crazy too because
0: then yeah. why do you put the belt on Jinder Mahal? Like when when it, I think it's just as easy that you could give Jinder Mahal like a real storyline and give us real reasons to root for him instead you decide to make him this the uh the the heel and then spend all that time with him as a heel. Where you, to to speak to Bobby's point you could be building him up organically as a face.
1: Sure. No, I I you know, I think I think basically they were just trying to build a like, you know, build a big heel that they could have, you know, a face takedown. I I'm not I'm not defending any of it. Uh I just think that like I think, you know, they're too fr- they're too afraid to or maybe they were they they're they're maybe getting better now, I don't know. But and that- I think they were too afraid to kind of invest. And that really
0: speaks to that time too, because that was around the time where um Shinsuke Nakamura won the the Royal Rumble, but they didn't put the the belt on him.
1: Um Yeah. I mean like you look at you look at things like um uh Megalodon, right? Or like um or Pacific Rim. Like all, those movies in a lot of cases were made the way they were because they were looking at the international box office. Like Megalodon was made um, because it was like in partnership with like, I think with a, a production company, I, I think in China Eric, and that's why they're Eric, all- please. Megalodon was my father. Call me Meg. <laughs> right. Sorry. The Meg shit. Yeah. So the Meg, yeah, the Meg was made with like, with like a couple Chinese only scenes mm-hmm. Because they were like, we need to hit. We're going to hit the Chinese audience hard. They're going to love this, and like that. That was specifically for that. Pacific Rim was huge because of the. You know, they 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 knew that basing it where they based it would score big, Um, and obviously also because of the subject matter would score big in. You know internationally in in Asia.
0: Yeah, I think think you're right, Eric. And I think um, one of the things that we'll see kind of once the world ever – if the world ever goes back to normal is this continued expansion of the NXT brand. Now we have it in the UK and I could easily see um, a Japanese or um, an Indian version of the imprint um where all of a sudden now WWE is now building these stars kind of jointly with the 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 backing of the countries that they come from
1: yeah that's the way to do it right yeah. like you know farm it and 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 make it so that you don't have just like one representative person for an entire nation uh, that you're building, every that you're throwing everything on. You have a few people, and you can like try a few different gimmicks and see which things work and what doesn't, and then like let somebody get built up, let somebody have a story developed. We were talking about how Gilberg is representative for all of Glen Burnie, Maryland, right? Of course. Uh, uh, first of all, okay. <laughs> what were
2: you gonna say? I was gonna um. say Gilberg was amazing. I, I. I... I don't think I have, I mean, we haven't revisited Gilbert as much in our time, and I do remember Gilbert unfolding while it was happening for real, but I don't think I remember just how long this entrance went on for. (laughs) Yes.
1: It's very good. I've never, seen, I've never seen the Gilbert entrance before, and I was like, this
2: is amazing. It was so good. And I was like, surely this is not being filmed live, him doing this, because how could he sustain this amount of energy and then be expected to go out and wrestle? <laughs> like, I'm exhausted just watching him, like, scream for, like, a sustained eight minutes or whatever through the backstage arena. But then when he came out, so funny, his skin was all red. Like, he was slapping it just before. And I was like, oh, no, he is just doing this whole thing. I'm like I'd be exhausted just from the entrance. Well, listen, well, the, Dwayne Gill is an athlete. The match is like a minute
1: forty. So, oof, by oof, the way, I, I'm gonna have to I I have to say, uh, probably one of the funniest lines from Lawler in this entire pay per view was when uh, Gilbert is is like hitting himself and and doing the long entrance, and Lawler goes. If he doesn't get here soon, he'll beat himself up. And I was like, that is, that's pretty good.
2: Credit when it's due. Yeah, this match was garbage, mostly, I thought. You <laughs> yeah, know what no, I mean? And they, they botched listen. they botched the ending, which was like the finisher, which was a reverse neckbreaker. I was like, wow, talk about disappointment on top of disappointment on top of disappointment. It's like your finisher is a reverse neckbreaker and they couldn't even like get it in the right spot to do it. Yeah, Gilbert couldn't
0: even. Gilbert couldn't even really sell a blow to the back of the knee. Well,
2: what a mess! Mm-hmm. I'm both the shit.
0: Well, I have uh, good news and bad news. Uh, the good news is that this is the last time we'll see Tiger Ali Singh wrestling on a pay per view. After this, he will. Um, he'll be spending June actually uh, in house shows wrestling Kurt Angle who has been recently been brought into the company um and then he'll be sent down to Puerto Rico for development and kind of like decide he's injured along the way we'll see him in a a managerial role down the road but no more wrestling matches but also this is the last pay-per-view appearance that we'll be seeing of Gilbert who will still be with the company until February um is that right I don't know. Uh, he'll still be with the company for a little while longer um, when before he'll drop the light heavyweight championship. But he still wrestles in indie shows to today. Like, the last match he was in was in February in Tucson, Arizona. So, keeping the dream alive. Against, Goldberg? against Gangrel,
1: or what? <laughs> As Gilbert, yes. Wow. You know what? Uh... If 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 this was his the way that he went out he went out and you know he went out on top for me, I'm glad I got to see him do the Goldberg entrance. I thought it was perfect. Um, I don't care about anything he did in the ring; none of it was interesting to me. <laughs> and I saw I saw the best I was gonna see of him. And Gil, I mean, it, I think it is
0: kind of cool to note that Goldberg has lasted longer in this bu- business than Goldberg has. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully we don't see any more Goldberg, right? We're, I think we're going
1: to see more Goldberg. Uh, well, keep at it then, Dwayne Gill. I saw him actually over by the Pepsi machine. I think he was getting a Coke. He sure was the he Pepsi machine,
0: At the Coke machine? Was he doing all the things for cops?
1: <laughs> Only following cops. Um <laughs> When you when you talked about Tiger Ali Singh being sent to Puerto Rico for uh, redevelopment, I just imagine like a lot of air quotes and like the, uh, you know, taking Fredo fishing. (laughs) It's just like, get on the plane, Tiger. Yep. We're going to Puerto Rico. (laughs) You're going to go to a big farm in Puerto Rico where all the
0: other wrestlers go and they need to be redeveloped.
1: (laughs) All the Ali's can go. All the all the sings are up there
0: we've got we've got all the disciples of apocalypse there <laughs>
1: wait the Bariquas
2: probably were there actually oh god i forgot about the Bariquas. was miguel perez <laughs> what a lifetime ago i did feel strike straight watching this that like wow picturing like where we when we started this project at least how different the product feels now
1: it really does feel very different mm-hmm.
0: Although what doesn't feel different is the same fucking match that we saw at Backlash with the Brood versus the Acolytes, oh this time with Viscera as part of the match instead of the, uh, the, the equalizer at the end.
1: Um, this, uh, this outfit by Viscera made him look like Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> yes. I, wanted, I thought he should have been, like, levitating.
0: He needs a, an anti-gravity belt. Yes, but this was the match where where Lawler at the beginning said they're in no mood to show no mercy, which means yeah. that they're in the mood to show
2: mercy, doesn't it? Yeah, they're like yeah. guys, we've been we've been going at it for months like this. Maybe we should just agree to disagree and go about our our separate satanic ways. I am
1: tired of being angry. <laughs> Isn't in the mood for mercy that um that movie by that Hong Kong director like char kai wek
2: or something it also sounds like a Susie the banshees album
0: <laughs> was that a was was that a, a a dvd that you had like in a a plastic case that like a thin plastic case with just the picture of it on the front
1: wait what's that when you said wait which one in the mood for mercy in the mood
0: for mercy yeah
1: well i was talking about in the mood for love by wong car Wai. sorry okay which actually was in 2000. So I think we're, I think I'm close. Um, but yeah, if, you know, if you're talking about DVDs that I have had or have, um, I mean, probably I had a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it, my dad may have picked it up at a show somewhere, by the way. Um, my dad recently texted me asking if I had, uh, a tool, an Ikea tool, that I could bring to their house and also if I had the DVD of Revenge of the Sith.
0: Wow. So, we're talking about an Allen wrench, correct? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, exactly. That that's how manly my dad is that he 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 just says IKEA tool. And then did you just send him your uh your Disney Plus password? Uh no, I didn't want to I wasn't going to humor that shit. <laughs> I was just <laughs> I felt like this was. Uh, I felt like I was in like the the audience for Let's Make a Deal, where they're like, "If you can show me a number two pencil and the DVD commentary for Dude, Where's My Car, I'll give you a hundred dollars."
0: Yeah, I got nothing, but I also got nothing about this match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, literally nothing. I mean,
2: I've seen this match before, so whatever. I did it was fine. The only moment I liked. I mean, like most of the guys in here are pretty good. Not all of them, but most. Well, Christian was uh, great I, in this match. I will say that. I liked the part where like Edge kept coming in to break it up the fall, and then Farouk purposely went for a near fall to draw Edge in, and then used the ref distraction to beat down on I believe Gangrel. Um, but I liked that little piece of psychology because that was like a little nice moment to a uh, that's like oh a wrestler doing something that makes sense and like strategic. That's good.
0: There's a really good chance I was looking at like my bookshelf during that one, or a plant in the living
2: room. Oh, like I was when Shane gave the mission statement for the night.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
2: Yeah, I I
1: forget. I think I was, like, in the middle of Pirate Booty or something. (laughs) I was just just licking my fingers (laughs) instead of watching this. (laughs) Just,
0: like, really taking your time with each one, making sure that each little bit of cheese dust was off of it.
1: It was so much better to inspect my fingers to make sure that they were fully clean and that there was no more flavor to lick off than it it was to continue watching this. Just any time Viscera came through, I was just like, no, no, I think I'm done.
2: Hmm. Yeah, boo. Okay. Gideon interferes and 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 the uh, Ministry gets a win. Yeah, let's move to a real good match. Yeah, when 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 Midian is your uh,
0: is your your ace in the hole, you didn't have ah. really good cards to begin with. But yeah, as Eric started to lose, to then we got to go back to the Steve Blackman does karate to techno package.
2: Ugh! So dumb and so horny. That video. That is like (laughs) literally like I have like you could go to a bathhouse where you will walk through a very dark hallway wearing nothing but a towel, and that video with that music will be playing on flat screen TVs hanging from the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) It is that exact video, that exact soundtrack. (laughs) I was like, oh man, it really brought me back. Real sense memory there. Oh yeah. And fuck you, draws. Fuck you. He looks like a ring pop. How did he how did he get worse
1: (laughs) hair? Well, ring pop is pretty good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's what he is. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is this
0: nonsense? Oh, his big stupid hat looks like a ring pop, folks. We'll put the picture up on the website.
2: And his fucking like tie dye short, like velour booty shorts. I'm like, just everything about it is super upsetting. He was like, he was like in the middle of
1: Lollapalooza, and then he was like, I gotta, I gotta leave and and go back and wrestle in UK, in the UK. He's like, oh sorry guys, I was just filling in for Jane's addiction. <laughs> yeah, I, I was the act instead of them. Uh, he and he somehow made his hair worse. I didn't think it was possible, but it, it was do you know why the rock wasn't here for this show
2: i don't um i don't think he's hurt or anything i i i couldn't i couldn't figure it out it might just be like a travel thing like eh, like why bother like lifting everybody up you know what i mean moving everybody out i have no idea though so i i, I was speculating and thinking about it but i didn't see anything that indicated otherwise maybe he read the script <laughs> maybe he was like fuck that
0: yeah. They had it booked against draws and they were just like, uh, just throw black men in there. They were doing
2: this thing back in February. Yeah, it was super this I mean, this match is terrible. I can't like to think that this is like a pay-per-view match is just like wild to me.
0: And wild for the commentary team who has to talk about tattoos in Oklahoma more than this.
1: Yeah. I mean, the crowd was basically like they were thank God somebody showed up with their air horn because they they needed something to keep them engaged.
0: Oh, is that the dumb soccer shit?
1: Yeah, I think they were doing like their England chant or something.
0: Because it, it was like the horns were doing rock and roll radio by the Ramones, and then they'd go ole at the end, right? What's that? What do you mean? Uh uh uh
2: uh 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 uh
1: Olay <laughs> And also,
2: they said like a bunch of other things. I feel like during this, they'd be like, Foley, I feel like they kept like changing it up. Oh, uh, no? yeah,
1: Foley, Austin. And um... I want to say
2: there was a transphobic one with Nicole Bass, but I couldn't quite make out what it was. And I feel like I realized I didn't want to, I no longer wanted to speculate. Did they do it for Gilbert? Because it seemed like Gilbert was getting a pop from them, too. I don't know. I noticed it a few times, but I didn't notice it during the Gilberg match. Maybe I was too busy being beguiled by the, uh, the wrestling um, <laughs> clinic that was happening before me. <laughs> the straws match though just to get the fuck through it i mean like that was what with the fuck i mean like he he basically his gimmick looks like spencer's gifts like that's what it is like yes like he just yes. comes out dressed as a spencer's gifts like everything's a lava lamp and like a velour black light poster and he comes out uh and it's the the match ends with what i want to say is a steve blackman dog pee kick like he like uh, I think draws is trying to do some kind of jumping thing and see Blackman while on all fours, like lifts a leg as if he's a dog peeing and kicks him under the chin. It was a really stupid looking spot.
0: A real that. stupid looking match. Yeah, it, this was dumb. And then the stupidity continued with, uh, so this is the first time that, that, Eric, you've seen a beaver cleavage segment, isn't it?
1: it's not really the first time but it's the first time that we were talking about it i think in our ministry um homework uh i would i would kind of like instead of, sorry to tell you this but instead of going from uh 3241 to 3246 and then from 33 15 to thirty-three, eighteen. I just watched from like 32 to 34. So you, uh, uh so I I would catch the beaver, the beaver cleavage. Stuff. You, you
0: tucked the, the comic book in, in, uh, war and peace.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. So I've, I saw some of this stuff and I was, that's, this is one of the big things that made me go, wow, this is definitely a raw because they would never do this on a pay-per-view having like a, a skit, like
2: a skit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a Steve Blackman video package. I mean, they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. We have to fill two hours and 15 minutes, you guys. They're like, how much footage do we have of Steve Blackman playing with those sticks? A lot? Great. (laughs) Let's get a looping techno soundtrack. Didn't Moby just put out an album? And that's how it all happened. So this is the, uh, the,
0: the serial bit where Beaver goes to pour his shredded wheat in. Finds that it's too dry, and his mother comes in says, Mother's little hairy beaver wants some mother's milk.
1: So, because everyone, because I don't want a wet hairy beaver or whatever. I mean, uh, what is this like big Johnson co ed naked lacrosse bullshit? Like, I is he a wrestler? Like, what so is even going okay, on? Okay, so
2: that's headbanger mosh and so that's mosh that's headbanger mosh so right now thrasher is out with a knee injury and the plan is they want to give mosh a singles push so mosh at one point backstage showed bruce pritchard his driver's license and said that everyone always gives him shit for looking like beaver cleavet beaver cleaver sorry and so he had this whole the bruce is like we should just make him a beaver cleaver kind of character and that's as far as i as bruce pritchard claims he had Uh, responsibility for this and then Vince Riso took it and then did what we have here Uh, the woman playing June Cleavage was a female bodybuilder who was apparently very nice Uh, she passed away in 2004 of breast cancer which is I can't tell if that's irony or not but it's sad and then uh, well when Thrasher was coming back he was supposed to come back as like a scary Doink the Clown uh, retake uh, with Bruce Pritchard actually as his manager. So these are the plans here, and this is the beaver cleavage we have here. I don't, they never, I believe, directly say that she's his mother. And I think that's like a, one of those things where like it's a symbol, not a cross. Uh, Kind of weird things about this, but this is bad. I mean, like it's bad conceptually. It's, a, it's like inappropriately bad. I don't know what the word is. It's not like offensive. It's not inappropriate. It's like gross. Is that the word I want to use here? I don't know uh but it's like upsetting it's crass and it's not funny and also it's it's, yeah it's dumb yeah so you're like this it's just it's irredeemable across so many different ways not even because it's so shocking but because it's so shocking with so little value that's you know that's the important part of shock value and this is this um this character is going to crash and
0: burn before it even has a
2: chance to get off of the runway Kind of spectacularly, so it's almost yeah. good that you're hating along with it because um, you 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 might actually get more gratification out of this in the long run than you think. Not too much more, though, I so hope let's that... not set you up for too much disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, well, I hope
1: that there's a there's a I hope he gets he gets um, a a story with like uh, Val Venus where Val Venus winds up fucking his mom and it becomes like you're fucking my mom. I wanted to fuck my mom. That's what I'm assuming this goes.
2: Wow. Mm. Is Vince Russo hiring because I think like, you would be a great intern with <laughs> pitches like that.
1: I mean, I don't know. Anytime there's a woman involved and it's something sexual, just bring Val Venus in. He he knows how to how to turn those knobs. I mean, I mean boobs. That's what turning Got it. knobs is.
2: Got it. Is that what you do with them?
1: <laughs> but we're talk we're we're in
0: in Manchester, so it's the British knob.
1: oh oh that's yeah well in manchester it makes sense big gay population there
2: see it all comes back around we all learned something here today (laughs) speaking of the people of manchester are we at the point where we go talk to the weirdest collection of people ever assembled outside of carnival (laughs) uh
0: we we got mankind but honestly okay like even mankind's thing could not turn this around for me
1: Oh, he he was like it was like a real like Homer Ass uh promo. He was just like the I hear you've got some sports here in Manchester and I was like, "Oh, come on, Mick, please." But I one thing I really did like was uh e- like when whenever he talks about other wrestlers, he's so respectful and like it's just like like even when he has to make a joke, it's always at his own expense. Like when he was talking about Bulldog, uh, he was just really nice about him. I think he like he like he, the first thing he said to me is like, "Why'd you wake me up?" And it's like because it's the middle of the night, not because Bulldog is uh is lazy or you know sleeping because he's too old and can't re- you know what I mean? Like it was just like very uh uh what's the word wholesome? Just a wholesome way of talking about Bulldog. And then like when he you know, the only time he makes a joke is kind of like, and anyone who sees mankind in the shower knows what a badass looks like. I was
2: like, okay. There, it's a good dad joke. There's a real I mean like obviously McFoley is so fucking lovable and charming. And that's just like such like a natural part of him. But there's also like he has sort of like, you know, uh there's a well there was back when there was comedy, uh, there was a comedy show in New York called boast rattle which was like you know it was like a compliment off instead of a roast and like that's kind of mm-hmm. like what i feel like mick foley bring brings to things where he like makes himself the butt of a joke and uh it's very endearing that there's no such thing as like punching down for him because he feels like he's kind of the bottom because he relates to being on the bottom you know mm. yeah it's just like it, it's what makes him i think such a such a good character and so beloved by the fans yeah mick punches down but it's onto himself yeah which is kind of sad, but also cute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also the
0: three of us, so <laughs> that's why when we're making some fun of someone, it's most likely going to be ourselves. Oh yeah. Or Brendan
1: Fraser, <laughs> what Dennis or Dennis, or, or Dennis Knight, if we're being yeah, honest. There we go. <laughs> oh, Dennis Knight is is definitely not down. That's just like, fuck that dude. Yeah, I say this as we're about to just make
0: fun of the entire city of Manchester.
2: I mean, this okay. was a hilarious assortment of people in terrible hats, and every prediction they made, I like, when they flashed them, I'm like, they're gonna be a fan of this one, it'd be the opposite. <laughs> they would be wearing an Undertaker hat, and it'd be like, oh, I think that the winner tonight's gonna be Triple H, and you're like, what? It was like, very strange. I
1: literally, I just wrote, what's wrong with the water in Manchester? <laughs> because, like, I couldn't figure out what the fuck was wrong with all of them. Like, I, this we don't get a lot of like crowd uh crowd work in in pay per views most of the time it's like nobody talks to anybody but like the few this reminded me this went all the way back to like uh, the Calgary Stampede yes one pay per view where it was just like who are these fucking people and like is this what re-? like. How did they find the least, the, the, like the, the markiest marks that they could ever find? I'm not impressed. ready for prime time. Not I'm ready for
0: prime time. This that craft. you guys understood a single fucking word that came out of any of these people's
2: mouths. <laughs> I mean, literally, it, it is like they pulled each one mid sweeping from a chimney. <laughs> 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 they're like all the whole thing they're all like sooty and holding like <laughs> like you know really uh, scraped up brooms uh, <laughs> terrible hats one kid I mean again, I think
1: Shane's disrespectful
2: <laughs> I love I mean look I, I, I'll never you know stop a kid from getting his face painted but if I was gonna say i be like what do you want your face painted like do you want the ultimate warrior face paint do you want like all this you don't want to be painted like the undertaker teardrop like what do you want and they're like I want just a big green X on my whole face <laughs> What? Like the weird thing is like I have to bring a DX, but like I just want just a green X to be what? Degeneration X Man? Like what? What? What's the what (laughs) fantasy are you living? None of the other DX members have face paint.
0: (laughs) And at the same time, the only two members of Degeneration X that are left are
2: X Pac and Road Dog. That's who you're throwing your line
1: with.
2: Just a big X on my face. Like, what are you doing? But what made this whole segment to me feel like, oh, no, this is actual comedy is that they're all insane. Everyone's just like a marble mouth fucking like uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. they're giving their prognostications except for the very last one, which is just like a, a kid dead serious deadpan looks right into the camera and very somber is like, I think Austin will win, but he'll get a beating that will make him vulnerable for over the edge which are like, yes, that's like the only obvious answer exactly how they wrote this thing. And everyone the whole time is like, I think Antioch is going to summon the hounds of hell. I think Triple H is going to slash hammer him in the face. And this guy is like, yeah, I think it'll be like a rough match. But in the end, Austin's has to have to retain. He's going to defend it over the edge, but he'll be vulnerable. So if he goes, if he loses, he won't look too weak in defeat. Like, it was exactly with like, the most logical, like, like, it was almost like a shoot answer. I loved that. Yeah. That to me, I was like, well, it's going to
1: be, it's probably going to be a schmoz ending. Uh...
2: <laughs> yeah. We don't be looking week ahead of the pay-per-view. It was so fucking funny to me. <laughs> it's a rubber match, really. So <laughs> sets up the rubber match. Perfect.
1: <laughs> By the way, I've been watching, I was watching the Italian job from like 1969 last night. And so, so you've had uh, uh, it really you've had the
0: self preservation society in your head for uh the past yes. twelve hours.
1: Exactly, yes. also, it's just really funny because like I was like watching it and then uh uh I was like thinking about the pay per view I'm like, oh my god, this really like they really meld in. Like you start like I, you know, there's a part where like the, the prison is all cheering and they're literally doing the same chant as like the Manchester crowd. And I was like, oh my God, they were doing the England chant. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. It all <laughs> dovetailed well.
0: Midian versus Kane. No. <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. And w- my favorite. Actually, this might be my favorite thing of the whole pay per view. Is how during this match, um, JR and King are talking about how X-Pac is trying to teach Kane the way the ways of the world. I just pictured him like holding Kane's hand and, and putting it underwater and being, Water, Kane, this is water, and then him moving his mouth.
2: Well, it's funny is in... This is like the like, the miracle, like the miracle worker. Or I was thinking Kane's like Eliza Doolittle, right? In my fair lady. <laughs>
1: The rain in Spain. Um, I was actually <laughs> actually no about, the the you... entire
2: the
0: everyone that they interviewed for that uh, Manchester segment was Alexa Doolittle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Henry Iggins.
0: <laughs> Undertaker will unleash the hounds of hell. Undertaker, Rock will go unleash the hounds of hell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The Cane in Spain
0: <laughs> um falls mainly on the cane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh I I missed the whole part about him showing him the world. That is that's great. I hope that they I mean, I hope that becomes a real series. I was thinking about actually how Bobby at one point had said like Under, uh Cane doesn't speak for years and I realized you know, you were mostly right, Bobby. Like, because Kane only has spoken maybe like once or twice that I've seen in all the time that we've covered him. Yep, and he is for most purposes mute. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you back your claim on that
2: one. That I was right about the thing I said that happened in the past.
1: <laughs> well, no, because you were like, Kane doesn't say a word for years when first when Kane first came out. You that's what you said, and then. Uh, we had Kane speaking and I was like, Well, you said that and then you were you kind of like, Well, I guess I thought that he didn't because it's like, but you know, maybe right, it's just because we're uh, watching every week, it seems like a long time. He
0: used the talk box when he uh right. when he did. When we have heard from him. And then during this right. and then during this they said that Kane needs an operation in order to be able to speak. And then he <laughs> said, X Pac will pay for that operation. I'm like, What is their relationship? <laughs>
1: It's like a Dog Day Afternoon.
0: And also, well, you know they're not going to pay for that. Uh, you know that the company's not going to pay for any unnecessary operations.
1: Yeah, Titan Sports
2: Insurance doesn't cover it. <laughs> Sorry, burned in a fire is a pre-existing condition. Uh, this match was boring. I didn't like it. Everywhere, it you know, should we just blow through it or what? Yep. Uh, I mean, I
1: don't understand what world, like midian is a is a match for kane you know what i mean like where you're like oh well i'll take this guy who has been doing nothing then again and we'll throw him against this monster
2: then again you know we we could fast forward to the finish here the ministry of course runs out to interfere i mean viscera shows up a full segment later i feel like (laughs) uh by the time like the accolades of the ring and start, by the time viscera (laughs) arrives it's like honestly I, i i feel like this able match already happened it so took him so long but this is the thing. You you think Midian's not a threat? The entire ministry scatters at the sight of X-Pac. <laughs> X-Pac. The sight of it's, not, it's one x Not just x
0: He's holding a yardstick. It's like, you guys can take him. The flimsy, like he was the flimsiest stick that he could find. I watched it wobble as he made his way to the arena.
2: What the fuck? It's one X-Pac, and it was like <laughs> Viscera the Acolyte, Shane McMahon, Midian, and they, between all of them, they couldn't take X-Pac? Yeah, I mean, Shane like
1: arguably beat X-Pac. I mean, there was interference, but like interference with fewer people than they had in the ring there. Yeah, all I'm saying is
2: I, they could have taken X-Pac. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. I feel like the three of us could take X-Pac. This mm-hmm. small. <laughs> yeah but he's wily <laughs> And by the and way did not, you guys notice you're, that you're
0: also not sure if he might be on crystal meth
2: when you <laughs> oh. like there's a I, not I, 0% chance he's on crystal meth I would like to go through the rest of my life not being bronco busted I think <laughs> I, or maybe I really want to get bronco busted or you want to get bronco busted sure. next weekend yeah very badly by like uh, you know Channing Tatum
1: mm-hmm yeah, I mean since everyone can do the Bronco Bust, why not? Seems like it's, it's a move that get that goes around. Um did you guys notice that uh that Kane's mask seemed to be mic'd? I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but all I could hear like like half of that match I could hear Kane's like labored breathing.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to figure out when it is he starts wearing I'm on Wig Watch, so I'm always trying to figure out when they switch to the mask that is um, attached to the wig Because at some point that happens Right? They have to switch it at some point So I'm, I'm trying to watch, I think at this point still has natural hair But it's looking a little longer and a little rattier You may notice
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm on wig watch like you would not believe Because this is one of my, I've talked about it a million times I know, but it is like my biggest Wrestling hang up That at some point Kane switches to a mask with a wig attached to it And I don't understand And it's so stupid to me And then he sells getting his hair pulled And the whole thing is so strange because we know that he's bald So it- you, Bobby, some point Bobby Hackinson,
0: you need to get press credentials, go down to Knox County, Tennessee, wait for Mayor Glenn Jacobs <laughs> to be giving a press conference <laughs> and ask him, uh, I know when you started your career you were using your natural hair,
2: but when did you change to a wig that was attached to a mask? <laughs> yes, and whose that, idea was it? That's a was, gotcha
1: question. Whose
2: idea was it and why is it necessary? Other wrestlers just get haircuts sometimes, but not Kane. <laughs> <laughs> it's attached to his mask Even after this is like years later When we've seen him like bald as in, in like a suit So we know it's not his hair Anyway at some point it switches through this And it just drives me fucking crazy
1: Doctor I keep having this dream I'm a wig watch I'm a teepee I'm a wig watch I'm a teepee <laughs> That's all I could think When you kept saying wig watch
2: <laughs> Wig watch Wig watch It's a fun thing to say Wig watch What's the punchline to that joke Eric?
1: Uh, the problem is you're too tense. (laughs) (laughs) Sable lost the title because she
0: kept her clothes on.
2: Whatever. Good God! Talk about (laughs) it. Whatever. Talk about like a charisma, like a black hole that appears in the middle of the show. You mean the show? So is
1: is Sable is Sable a, a heel now? Yes. Yeah. She's been a heel uh, for a little bit.
0: Since, um, since like Playboy started, her whole thing has been she's like kind of above all this. Um, and to be fair, she kind of is like, like she's not a good enough wrestler to, to be able to continue that aspect. And so she's, and her star as far as like taking her clothes off is as
2: high as it's going to be. So, it's important to note that especially right now we are like sable is not doing great backstage uh she is has this attitude this diva attitude you know she was never supposed to wrestle she hates wrestling she does not want to do it she also didn't want to lose the women's title but she didn't want to wrestle hence this like crazy stupid way they got the title off of her which is like shenanigans you know reverse psychology nonsense Uh, because they wanted to get it off without making her having to wrestle and then she keeps booking these playboy things which obviously playboy is hugely lucrative they were shocked with how well the first issue sold and they're like hungry for the next one but it's also a great excuse to not have to wrestle because you don't want to be all bruised and beat up which even if you're doing like ginger baby sable wrestling you still get your ass kicked you're gonna be you're still getting like thrown around so Mm -hmm. it's a good way out of that but sable is not liked backstage you know, she is very X, very above it. At one point, she claimed that she deserved equal gate to Stone Cold Steve Austin for one of the events. Uh, because, I guess... At, so, Sable's going to be involved in a very big lawsuit. Because basically, what's coming to a head right now is all of these contract disputes that are happening uh, behind the scenes. And Playboy's involved in part of it. And Playboy dealing with Sable as opposed to dealing through the WWF and all these things. So, there's it's, it's a bad scene. And on this trip to the UK, the final straw... Is applied or breaks or whatever, uh, where someone shits in Sable's bag <laughs> on this trip what? to the UK. So, this is, and allegedly it was X-Pac, but this is because they, it, you know, it was, it was a rib, it was a prank. This is the kind of like shit they pull all the time, but also, especially for people they hate, like Sable. So, this is like a very bad scene. Um, and Sable is going to be filing a very big lawsuit, and it's a whole big, sh- a lot of uh stuff coming out about like unsafe working conditions in the back and blah 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 and sable says it wasn't like a good environment to have children in and there's like a big part of the lawsuit was something about having the largest nipples contests in the back, which or, like guys coming into the women's locker room all the time all things that i'm sure definitely happened but uh sable is not in, in, in endearing herself at all to the boys in the back uh Throughout all of this, because like I think I even watching her opening promo here, she sounds like she is furious and screaming or she's like that man who came to see me. I'm like, geez. Uh, But that's that's sort of the background of like what's happening amidst all of this. Oh, boy, that's a lot. Yeah, Sable's going south right about now. This is like a big, ugly time. So are we on
1: Sable watch? Like is there like a, uh is there a point coming up soon where she's no longer in the picture? Aaron? Yes. <laughs> okay.
2: Extremely I, soon.
0: Okay. I yeah, I, I haven't I I don't have that one. I was more interested to know how much longer Gilbert was gonna be in here than Sable Apparently. Well because because I mean, when Sable leaves, things are going to get a lot better for the women. Or, the women's division is going to be treated?
2: No. No.
0: Everything, everything no, it, is going to be really bad get, for a long time.
2: It, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. A lot worse. And then it's not... Oh,
1: good. They're going to have labia competitions. And well, then I'm, it's
2: not going to get better until 2015. So, <laughs> we got but, some well, time here. But...
0: With Sable gone, there are a couple of great personalities that come in, who, given yes. a better environment, would have been able to thrive in a way that a, yeah. a Charlotte I mean, Flair or a uh, Sasha Banks
2: well, it did. I mean, we're, we are about to hit one of the bright spots pre Horsewomen, which is—I mean, it's not a spoiler—you know that eventually they're going to show up, Lita and Trish Stratus, which is going exactly, to yeah, I and mean, that's going to. Yeah, and I mean, Eric, you know they're going to happen. I mean, it's not a that you know, event an eventuality. And when they do, I mean, like you got to stand up for something. Lita was my absolute favorite, like absolute, absolute favorite. Uh, We'll talk so much more about Lita down the road, but uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. I do think Sable's departure leaves there's there's with in the absence of Sable, there's not a clear sexy bombshell a la sunny a la sable to step in to be the next sort of like web girl for the wwf what's what they have right now is kind of like a handful of wrestlers Mm -hmm. and (laughs) deborah 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 you're fucking deborah deborah you awake deborah deborah you're on five come on deborah but we get sable here with just again no charisma no likability and saying she can't wrestle because she has a chest cold, which for her is a big problem. A yuck, 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 yuck.
1: Oh my god, uh, when Lawler keeps calling himself Dr. King, I was like, that's not the Dr. King that we all know. thats <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's,
2: wouldn't it also be like King Doctor or King M.D.? I mean, this is terrible. And this yeah. is Tori and, and, and Nicole Bass. And Nicole Bass is a mess and oof, bad. And so this is all just bad. I mean, yeah, everyone involved in
0: this is not much longer for the the WWE or WWF. I don't have the exact dates on it, but it can't be very much more than this.
2: Tori sticks around for yep. a bit. Tori's around for a, for a little bit. Is she? But yeah, Tori will have, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil things, but I, I have a lot of memories about um, things that are Tori's involved in for a little while. We got a little, we got a little bit with Tori. Tori to me is like,
1: um, it's like, I, I feel like, her face is always blurred in
2: my mind. Like I've got like, um, what is it? Black Mirror. What is it when you? What's that? Oh, they use it that Black Mirror episode where they like pixelate people you can't see anymore.
1: Something like that, or like or like a face aphasia huh. or whatever uh, it is, where it's just like you just can't see faces, but it's only for Tori. And
0: you're not
2: cheap. Th- I don't know. And Bobby, you're Something not thinking unremarkable of unremarkable uh, about her.
0: You're not thinking of Tori Wilson, who will be
2: coming in no, soon. Are you? No, no, okay. no, no, no. And I can I can tell you off uh, off Mike. There's like uh, certain there's there's uh, male wrestlers that she becomes associated with on screen. Like so, uh, and I think I remember that part of her character. And she's still called Tori then, and everything. But it's before Tori Wilson and Stacy Keebler and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, but there is um, certain she hooks up with some other wrestlers like a stable form and uh that's like a part to play okay well i remember nothing and i don't care shall we move on yeah okay we should hear from shane again (laughs) well well i forgot how much shane like we've been annoyed by shane being too much like in recent memory and i but i didn't remember being him him being i guess i mean i never watched this pay-per-view but uh being so fucking annoying and just like in every single segment
0: i do still really like the the um, the Mean Streets, um, vignettes where um his dumb friends were, were uh gassing him up before WrestleMania. But Pete so gassing much? Him up? Yeah, be <laughs> him up. But so much of this shit is just three months ago.
2: We've seen all this. Well, this is weird because yeah. like this wasn't like this storyline hasn't really been progressing. Has Eric? I mean like I no. mean, we've been watching the Raw. So like this is really just a UK thing specifically for like a European championship. Uh, novelty thing because they're in Europe and Bobby I forgot to ask earlier do you know why it is that they decided to just retire
0: the the European championship I don't just to think so that Shane could kind of like pull it out when he wanted to that he's still the champion but not have to defend it I guess
2: I honestly don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I would think they might have thought they had too many they're always like shuffling titles, and they added the heart there's been like a shift on the hardcore belt mm-hmm. I don't know I could see it as like a weird uh thing like that'cause are they they're not pushing the intercontinent- the intercontinental title at this point right well who has that at this point uh Godfather still uh
0: he will have it for a little while longer yeah because that's God- just a
2: repeat oh go ahead
0: oh. well, because Godfather was supposed to face somebody pretty important for the intercontinental title at over the edge, correct, 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 Oh, right, 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 right. Oh boy.
1: Mm.
0: Um, but again, I got nothing about this match either. So if we want to move fast it quickly as possible, I'm fine with that.
2: Um, I mean, I like the Stooges' appearance. Uh, that was really it. Yeah, it's.
0: It's good. These two guys have chemistry. It's just there's nothing that we haven't seen before. We've, we've seen yeah. the interference. Like, again, literally, we saw Triple H make his heel turn at WrestleMania during this exact match. So-
1: but, but Aaron, have you seen it in England? <laughs> it's a little bit like when people go to, go to England and they're like, oh, my God, I have to have fish and chips. And you're like, you've had fried fish and you've had french fries in america yeah. like what's the difference
0: yeah actually the the minute like the first thing that happened when i got to london when i was like 22 was i went to mcdonald's
1: <laughs> <laughs> fuck you <laughs> what do they what kind of soda options do they have here <laughs> do they have do they do do they have a, a curry dip for for their fries nope i got the same thing i would have ordered <laughs>
0: if i was here which is too much food but yeah uh triple h gives um Pac the pedigree and shane wins setting up kane to come out in retribution of what happened earlier then backstage uh mankind is interviewed um he's attacked and then uh setting up the um the all-important mr ass versus mankind feud that we've all been waiting to see yeah i don't can you explain how this happened there's nothing really to explain just that um and you'll see this on the next pay-per-view eric um mr ass billy gunn has broken with road dog kind of over their their losing of the uh of the tag belts um, and, and sees road dog as the weak link that, that kept them from victory.
2: What I really want to know from Eric is this is your first time hearing Billy Gunn's new theme music. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm an
1: ass man. I'm an ass man. Holy shit. Uh, I, 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 I wrote Billy Gunn has new music and I was just like super surprised by all of it, especially like, cause he, he still like, He still kind of uses some of the New Age Outlaws stuff uh, when he gets in the ring, where he, like, he says, like, I got two words for you. And then but then he also says, suck it. And like in a in a way that's, you know, like, I think he used to, like, just let the audience say it. But then he says
2: it's
0: not an exuberant suck it. It's a disdainful suck it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is a somber and mournful suck it. (laughs) But. I gotta Today is a good day to suck it. Eric, I, w- I literally was re-watching this morning and texted Eric because I got so excited and I was like, wait a minute. Is this Eric's? I'm like, is this the first time we're hearing Billy Gunn's new music? And, you know, Eric gave me the usual, like, actually, it was on the last Raw for that. I was like, no, 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 but is this Eric's first time hearing it? And it was. And I was so excited for you to hear it. Because <laughs> it's one yeah. of, like, it's up there with, whoa, but, like, I'm an ass man. It's, like, definitely also up there with, like, the <laughs> most memorable um, and I wanted to just do like a very quick um, reading of these lyrics. Uh, I'm an ass man. Yeah, I'm an ass man. I love to love them. I love to kick them. I love to shove them. I love to stick them. I love to flaunt them. I love to watch them. I love to pick them, and I'm gonna kick them. Now, that's just just wow. a few things here. Loving ass is wow. fine. Kicking asses is fine. Shoving asses. <laughs> I don't know. This seems like I'll <laughs> oh. shove your ass. Like maybe you'd s- I guess. I-, I think you'd spank an ass, but would you shove an ass? Uh, flaunt ass fine. Watch ass fine. Pick ass like as in choose. I hope, or pick
1: like you pick your I, nose. I think. I think you know they were kind of like, what are like what are all of the ways that we say the word that we you know that we use ass and like. You know, like, I'm going to shove your ass, I'm going to... Yeah, how do we say I'm going to shove your ass? ass. Yeah,
2: I shove your ass. That's a common thing we all say. Yeah,
1: I I shove your milkshake ass.
2: There's more. Wait, Um, there's so many other... So many asses, so little time, only a tight one can stop me on the dime. I'm a lover of every kind, the best surprises always sneak up from behind. That's funny. (laughs) Buns of glory, buns of steel, your lies won't give away the truth of how I feel. What?! Uh, you walk behind. Wait me. Wait a minute. Yeah, 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 okay. I'll go back. It's okay. Am I on a
1: am I on a date with Mark Henry?
2: <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Your lies won't give away the truth of how I feel. Uh, you walk behind me. I feel the heat. That's why the girls don't walk behind me down the street. I I'm I don't confused. Know what that means. You walk behind me, which would be his ass. He's talking to his own ass. He feels the heat again. I assume of his own ass. And the girls won't walk behind him down the street, ostensibly because they'd be in the path of his ass. This whole they're, this is my favorite WWE theme. I'm gonna say it. There the they are, um,
0: overcome by the power of his ass, and like like it's like looking upon it is like the Ark of the Covenant, and they just they they melt behind him.
2: Oh, Billy Gunn has a nice butt. i, I, I I'll I'll tell you that. But I've seen many butts in my life. And I don't think that Billy Gunn's butt warrants an entire butt-themed brand. That's all I'm saying. By the way, is is his
1: um is his his finisher is the famouser? Is it supposed to be fame asser? Yeah, it
2: is. It's fame asser. Got it.
1: Yeah, he's really he's really embracing it. He truly is an ass man.
0: Yeah, well, the who, one thing uh, he is committed. Well, who wrote those amazing lyrics that you just read, Bobby?
2: Oh, i mean i want to say jack johnston then it, it, it is jim johnston but on the lyrics website where i was cruising this morning as i was sending them to aaron in like fits of giggles um it said bye billy Gunn. <laughs> and i was like ah! oh i wish oh how i wish billy Gunn's just ripping off sewer grates one day just i'm an ass man <laughs> just casually humming to himself <laughs> ripping off sewer grates just singing Well, (laughs) well, he's an ass man. I mean, I like Billy Gunn's music way more than anything in this match. Oh, it was a snooze. There's no chemistry between these two guys. Nah, it was bad. Mankind's working hurt. Yeah, it sucked. He's working hurt Mick Foley, so I think that also, you know, he couldn't really do more. What What did he hurt? He has like a nagging knee injury going back a while um, that he's been like working hurt on for a bit. So actually, part um, of part of all these beatdowns and things that are happening, they're he's they're going to write him off TV, um, not for a long time, but for a little for for a bit to recover. Geez.
1: Was the ending a botch? It seemed a little weird the way that they like when they rung the bell too soon on two. Yeah, yeah, and... yeah. They
2: did a, they did the bell ring too soon on on uh, one of them. Like the time that was the timekeeper's fault. The timekeeper just woke
0: up from watching the match. He's like, oh, oh, what, oh. Okay, bring the bell. He's like, I'm an ass man! <laughs> so then we've got the main event. We got Austin versus Undertaker versus Triple H. Um and they always try to sell this this same story where you've got um, insurmountable odds not taking into account the fact that both of the guys who are on the same
2: team want to be the main champion. But again, a kind of a still a new ish dynamic. And I like that they did here, they made this a no DQ match where now these days triple threats are pretty much like assumed to be no count out and no disqualification because Mm -hmm. it just makes the match make more sense and makes them let people out of the ring longer or whatever. So I was interested to see it that like see them kind of like learning and evolving that here and throughout being like, let's make this because I I know like, you know, today a a multi-man match is always has to is usually no count out and no DQ because it's just too much to keep track of without everyone just standing around looking like idiots. Yeah. But this, I was actually more annoyed by cause it was such a, not because it was a played out triple threat angle, but because it's a played out Austin match layout. What do you mean? I mean, I, I think like this is the model of an Austin match, which is like, it's, it's so much out of the ring brawling. than mm-hmm. very little wrestling. Mm-hmm. it's just all brawling. And yes, it's fun and exciting. I mean, but we've seen this, how many main event matches with Austin. Uh, these He has this one kind of match, which is like very exciting. And like the pedal, like the, you know, the, the gas is up all the way, but it's still this sort of like uh punchy, punchy shit in the crowd all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you, I certainly sort of get tired of it. And I feel like when I was watching the first time I got tired of it and it just sort of ends up being the same, model of like brawl 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 bunch of stunners lots of beers more stunners more beers and it's like that's just it on repeat and so and this one I thought the brawling in the beginning of this match was particularly bullshit. Oh like the the belt hits Undertaker Undertaker holds the belt
1: as
0: though he's never held an object before.
2: A whole thing
1: didn't he like try to hit him and he was
2: like this won't work. Let me try something else. (laughs) Yeah it was dumb. It is like couldn't it was just too stupid. And even when they're trying to like, kind of like ping pong him back and forth, like there's just too much of the other guy waiting and standing around and stumbling around stalling. It's just like, I just thought it was particularly like the, like wasting time. I don't know. It just, I I feel like Austin's matches start get pretty rote at this point. Yeah, I really want to watch, like,
1: I want to rewatch an old Austin match to remember what it was like before he injured his um, his neck, like, when he was wrestling, you know what I mean? And not just doing the same fucking, like,
2: punchy, punchy, punchy.
0: Yeah, it'd be worth it. Yeah, but I yeah. thought this was pretty
2: fine, but long and
0: whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It didn't advance anything. It's the story's the same as we saw before.
2: Yeah, and we, the, we get the big, exciting, sort of, again, like Avengers Endgame kind of, like, finish, where it's, like, a bunch of people uniting across, you know, uh, unrelated teams. So you had the big run-in. Of course, like, all the corporate ministry folks get involved. You get the brood involved, then Mankind and X-Pac. Uh, so you start to get, you know, uh, that feeling of, like, everybody, te- the team-up. Yeah. But it kind of feels like a team-up comic book issue, where it's, like, well, this is fun, and while it is still technically Ken, and you know it's not going to change the greater universe.
0: Yeah. Good way to put right.
2: it. It was just a, another
1: schmoz ending that then I guess like every, everybody kind of, then they, they literally take undertaker away. So it stops even being a, a triple threat match. And then it just becomes like, you know, Austin with, with uh, triple, H, with uh, triple H and that's it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's not how it should be. I mean, at this point, triple H should eat the pin. Austin should go over and we'll see what happens at No Mercy.
1: Well, then, of course, I, I thought China had a good sequence um, where she did like the backflip.
2: Oh, yeah. I think you're seeing, and I think also even when China, I, we might have been earlier in the show, when she had X Pac sort of over her shoulder, power slam style, and drove her into the post. Like,. I, China fucking rules. China just fucking rules, and like mm-hmm. we're starting to get to like maybe not even peak China yet, but we're starting to get into fucking really good China stuff. She's awesome, and that's why like I really you know the ending of course there's uh, she it's a stunner, she hits a Bronco Buster, but again I don't feel China out of place in any of this. I don't know. I mean I don't know if you guys have a different reaction, or are we being desensitized to it or what? Um, I think there was a little
1: bit, I mean, there was a weird feeling at one point where they, um, what's it called? They're all cheering when, when, uh, she gets the stunner. And then when, uh, Austin has her, like his foot on her neck in the corner and he sets her up for, um, for X-Pac. And then even Lawler goes, give it to her, give it to her. Like, give, give it to her, X-Pac, give it to her. I was like, this is... This is getting there's something not good feeling here. But I know I know what you mean. I know you you know I know what you're saying. I think it's I think it's a gray area basically. Yeah,
0: I think um I think that she there is definite star power now that's that's coming out and so I feel like even more her than Triple H at this point. So I was able to kind of see that energy come out a little bit more, hopefully
2: because of that. And also I think I'm, you know, of course it's a mixed blessing, but I also think that the fact that WWF is putting the investment and energy into China also speaks volumes because she is like no other, you know what I mean? There is not a blueprint for China. Uh, and instead of being scared of trying something new or instead of trying to force China into like the role of Sable or Nicole Bass and me letting China be this totally unique being, I think is, is, is a surprisingly uh, bold move from the WWF. Cause they are investing in her as a star, like Mm -hmm. not as a freak. They're not like, they're not making her out to be this freak she's she is a character and she is an athlete like like uh, on par with triple h Mm which i think it's just it's just it's the whole thing i always find very interesting and i'm certainly like now that i'm more removed from being such a mark when i first watched it i where i like hated china because she was a heel and i was you know and it it worked but man watching it back again i just i'm so stoked whenever she's on screen totally
0: for years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. Everybody's, mm, I guess I'll <laughs> everybody's go first. really,
2: I really All right, I, excited I, I, to dive in. I have kind of a conceptual one. That's why I'm like, I'm not sure how it's going to land.
1: <laughs> okay. Go for it,
0: Eric.
2: Oh, okay. So
1: I'm going to give, I don't know. I, I was like in between a few of them, I, I was going to almost give the 12th man award to the, uh, the guy with the air horn. Uh, but I think I'll give this as a, uh, better performance by Lawler. I thought, um, we had a few good jokes by him. I kind of liked the way that he, um, that he was like playing with the kid behind. Yeah. Him I caught the... that. I like, yeah. That. Yeah. I thought, you know, like, look, it, it was, a. It, you know, for any other performer, it was a mixed bag because he also had, you know, everything he said during the Sable stuff. But, you know, that's the best you're going to get from Lawler, right? Uh, and I thought... I don't remember,
0: you know, hear, you know he I was, don't remember hearing him saying puppies once. Is that right? He, yeah. You know, oh, he did. He absolutely did. Yeah, he um,
2: absolutely did. I'm just but yes, so numb to it by at this point.
1: <laughs> But, you know, like... Credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. I he was relatively enjoyable. Honestly, uh, Jr. had a, a worse night than he did. Mm-hmm. Jr. There were things that Jr. said that I was like, "What the fuck, dude!" But um, yeah. So that's what that's what I'll give. All yeah. That's enough.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna give the slammy for serving Aaron Benoit at home realness to Triple H from when he ran in during the X Pac versus Shane match wearing basketball shorts and a wrestling t-shirt and all he needed was his cell phone and a bunch of discarded buffalo wing bones and he really could have been Aaron Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to uh I'm going to piggyback off of
0: that moment and uh give Triple H the get it now award. Because I have a feeling that the no mercy T shirts weren't selling so well up at the uh, over at the merch stand, and so they're like, put one on Triple H for his run in.
2: Also, Triple H wearing yeah, a shirt the, with his own I, I, face I on it, too. like a band, like wearing the band's T shirt to a concert.
1: <laughs> yeah, I clocked that. I was like, wait, is he wearing the shirt of the event? Like, Jesus, dude.
2: That's like when the Simpsons. It's like when the Simpsons have Simpsons merchandise in an episode, and you're like, what? <laughs>
1: It's like I uh, Can't
0: Hardly Wait, the one band member who insists on wearing the band t-shirt.
1: Yes. Um, super Burger? Yes. <laughs> Is that what their name was? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Love Us, Disagree. Want to waste our time with a meaningless house show? Let us know. Email us at cellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at CellPod, or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Mits by Disco Vietnam and our artist by Alexis Yabney. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next week with another episode and join us again in two weeks for Over the
2: Edge.
1: I'm beginning to think that um, the Ass Man song, like, like subliminally planted something in my head because in my note right after the Billy Gunn match, uh, I just wrote like extended Undertaker butt shot. <laughs> I just, I just became really conscious of Undertaker's butt and how like, like weirdly shaped it looks. Um, and uh, there was uh, when he was climbing into the ring, the camera was just like right below him, and I was just like. I was like, man, that's Undertaker's butt. Eric wakes up in the mm-hmm. middle
0: of the night. And is like, I am an ass man. Oh yes, an <laughs> ass man. Must <laughs> shove ass.